0: I'm Cal. I'm Jen. I'm Kara. I'm Kent.
1: You are listening to The Jacob Sessions, a podcast of the thechristianmanifesto.com. Friends, culture, and dialogue.
0: Um, I'm really excited about this person. Did you guys hear uh, the story of the McDonald's cashier in Chicago that um, shut down his register and helped a man with cerebral palsy um, cut up his food and eat it?
2: Fired immediately. That's what I'm sure happened to him.
0: No. no. Okay, busy. good. I was oh, going to say, okay. I have not
2: heard, oh, no, no. no. heard this story. It like oh,
1: okay. was a positive
0: thing. The person that was behind him in line, um, behind the, the disabled man in line, uh, got some video of uh, this cashier doing it and she posted it out on Facebook because she was just like so amazed by it and uh, it is pretty awesome because it was right during the lunchtime rush and I haven't been huh. to McDonald's in Chicago during lunchtime, but I have been in McDonald's in New York, and if it was anything like that, it's madness. Uh, so the fact that he shut down his register to go help this guy was probably not great for business, uh, but in the long run, apparently it is great for yeah, business. Was very good
1: for business. <laughs> I
0: would say, because he got some, uh, his name's Kenny, and he got trapped down. Uh, from this being this video going viral and yeah I just think that's really sweet that's just being a human and caring more about that than what your manager says
3: I think that's great I think it's well, great that somebody did something good and is getting like praised and that's being promoted people yeah. want to go there because of it because sometimes it's just you know it goes on uh, noticed and is, that's really cool. Is it
1: odd that I'm the only one here? Trying to go through the McDonald's menu and think of what food would need to be cut up?
0: <laughs> well, he, he didn't have, like, use of his hands, so, like, oh, right. he, oh, he actually oh, needed so to So everything um, has to be
3: cut uh, up, wait, then. Wait, wait. it had to be, like, yeah, cut cerebral up, and, and palsy, actually...
1: Cerebral palsy or quadriplegic?
3: Well, no, so, uh, no. Yeah, you, you just don't know enough about it, Hunter.
1: Okay, all right. Okay, yeah.
3: No, he, he, so, palsy. He, just, he just
0: doesn't have good, good control of his limbs. Like, he can use them. Yeah. But he doesn't have great control. A lot
3: of times... A lot of times... Um, and I, I'm coming from experience of working with a lot of people who've had cerebral palsy, there's different variations. Sometimes they have full control, and sometimes they have almost none and are what you're talking about. But a lot of times a very common thing, even when they have use of their limbs, is they'll have a limited range of motion, and their hands will be a lot more, like, crippled up, like you would have, like, an older person okay, who's all got, right, all right. Um, you know, maybe arthritis, that I, kind of thing. I
1: apologize to any listener... Who has cerebral palsy, or anybody who's worked with cerebral people with? Cerebral. Yeah, I've got. Uh, I
2: don't I, want to I've feel got like
1: you here, where like I've alienated all nurses on the planet. You just yeah. don't know yeah. well,
3: what right. what she was like. You didn't know what she meant.
2: Right, I had no point of reference. Yeah,
3: so. that's all. Awesome.
2: No, I have an extended. Uh, I have an extended family member. He, uh, my cousin's husband, who has cerebral palsy, and I didn't know about it for three years. So yeah, it, it, can it be definitely really Affects minimal. people different ways. Sure. Yep, yeah, more.
3: I've worked with people. Have
0: who... to Kenny. Kenny, yes, you right.
2: are awesome. Good, Good you, so Kenny. You're your I mean, Kenny, Maybe you're not management material, but you're an excellent cashier. <laughs> oh, excellent <laughs> manager. You
3: know, I would work for him. I'm just saying. Sure. Say for sure. <laughs> All right, so my hat's off is actually to this mom who, I don't know if you guys probably read it, but there's a, a mom actually from Michigan um, in the Fort Gratiot area. I guess that she had a sick baby at home who'd been up all night and all of this and was having just some bad time. And so she stopped by and did what a lot of people would do. She decided to get herself a coffee as a treat, a good coffee, um, because at that point, I'm sure she had way too much of the bad stuff. And then she also decided to get some donut holes to bring home to her child, hoping that maybe that would give her child some comfort. Um as a treat, And, you know, everybody does that. When your child's sick, you give them what they like to comfort right, right them. Right
1: now, every Canadian listener is going, that's a good mom right there. Good
3: mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, why in line, and I mean, you know, anybody who's had a sick kid keeping them up all night, you probably don't look your best, right? You're like, oh, you know. Well, apparently, there was some really nasty people behind her, and they were making stuff. You know, just different snickerish remarks towards her, her hair. She looks like a whale. All of these kind of really horrible things. And instead of lashing out, which I'm sure she felt like. I would have. I would have felt like doing that. Um, she did what I think is so noble and honestly probably the most Christian thing as well that she could have done. Instead, she decided to buy their coffee. And then she kind of posted something on Facebook about it.
1: And then she threw it in their face.
3: <laughs> That's not the baby Christian way, but... I'm um, a <laughs> better person than you. <laughs> Boom, roasted. But, <laughs> but she, she kind of brought it out to say, look, you don't know. You don't know that I had this baby that kept me up all night, and I was the donut holes were actually for her. You don't know... Um, that I've lost. Apparently, this woman had lost over 100 pounds. Um, She recently lost 177 pounds. That alone, I think, deserves a hat off, okay? Um, And all of these different things. So she kind of said, look, you don't know what the person you're seeing has gone through, and your words hurt. And that's kind of what she said is, you know, um, I chose to not be nasty back to you, but you need to know that sometimes... Um, you don't know what's going on. You don't know the full story. The Did she donuts, say that to them? No, she, them? Posted oh, she, posted when she posted it. She right posted, there. you know, the donuts weren't even for me. You know, I just, but on top of that, I just lost this weight. The coffee was a treat because my child's been up all night. Okay. Sick. So, anyhow, I just, I want to give her a hats off because of the way she handled it. I think, wow. <laughs> you know? Well,
2: hope, hopefully um, the, the, the donuts were the treat, not the coffee was a tree right no, the tree yeah, sure. was the coffee
3: was for her
2: Oh okay
4: Dear fat people Ah some people are already really mad at this video What are you going to do fat people What are you going to do Wait what are you going to chase me I can get away from you by walking at a reasonable pace. Frankenstein, not so fast. Zombies have apparently gotten faster. I watched like three episodes of The Walking Dead and not being slow myself in the brain, realized that every single episode is exactly the same. Oh no, they need something, but it's all the way over there. Where the zombies are. Fat shaming is not a thing. Fat people made that up. That's the race card with no race. Yeah, but I couldn't fit into a store. That's discrimination. Uh, no. That means you're too fat and you should stop eating. Everybody just needs to make more sense! There's a race card, there's a disability card, there's even a gay card, because gay people are discriminated against. Wrongfully so. The gay car is covered in glitter. It's fucking magical. Are you gonna tell the doctor that they're being mean and fat shaming you when they say you have heart disease? I'm not talking about people who have a little bit of cushion for the pushing. And if there's people watching this with a specific health condition, this is not aimed at you. I'm talking about the 35% of North Americans who are obese. That means you are so fat, you are affecting your own health. Big boned isn't a thing. How stupid do I look? <laughs>
1: that I feel like or believed to be the case that there are people who say something is fat shaming when it is not just like there are things that happen to me that sometimes people want to say Calvin, don't you think that's racist? And I'm like, you know, not everything is racism not everything's racism some things are, and some things aren't. Some things look like they're racist, but they're not. And some things don't look like they're racist, and they very much are. And so when it comes to something like fat shaming, let's be honest, I'm, you know, 155 pounds. I have been since 10th grade. I'm six foot one, so I'm really slender. I have a very hard time putting on weight. A lot of women hate me when I say that kind of thing. So I have no point of reference, really, for what it is like uh, to be fat shamed uh, or to be spoken of. Uh, lowly and but I guess the people the reason I come to the position of saying not everything is fat shaming is because the majority of the people that I have spoken to uh, about fat shaming in particular uh, in their own lives are often people that are making excuses for why they have an unhealthy lifestyle
0: yeah i think the the crux of this discussion really does really lie on on the definition of fat shaming cuz i mean i would I wouldn't say that fat shaming doesn't exist. Of course, it does. People get shamed for all kinds of stuff, um, and I've I've known people that didn't like people that were fat. They just said straight out, "Oh, I don't like that. I don't like fat girls because I had a sister that was fat, and I really hated her. So I hate all fat girls now." It's like, well, okay, <laughs> that's, that's obviously real. Like, I mean, it does happen to people.
1: Yeah, that's an indicator of a bigger problem in that person's life. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, and there's some different, you know, severity to that. Some people are. If they don't know anyone that's overweight, it's really easy to, you know, judge, oh, they're just lazy and uh, I, I don't like them because of it. Uh, and I think that um, the this, this second video, um, the girl from TLC, that she made a really good point in that uh, you can't look at somebody and really, like, know what's going on with them. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. some people might might be fat because they're lazy and don't eat right and don't work out and some people might have medical problems and some people might have suddenly gained 50 pounds because you know one of their friends just died and they got depressed and like just to kind of like to be more sensitive about it is uh, definitely the way to go. I do think talking about weight is important. I do think that it's important to um to open up the conversation and I think that uh, for me what's difficult is because I'm so aware of this fat shaming um, Movement or um, I don't know, like the the claim that it's happening everywhere, and I don't know what the definition is. So I'm afraid to talk to people about weight at all um, because I'm afraid that they're gonna think I'm fat shaming them. It really extols the conversation. I um, think in particular, and I don't want to like put anybody on the spot, but I think of um, a young girl that I know who she's very very overweight, as is her whole family, and you know we would go do things together and. She would, you know, we all would be running up the hill and she'd be like taking the long winding road because she can't, she can't climb the hill like we can. And it just made me feel like, I feel sad because I don't know if she's anybody in her life that is like helping her overcome that. Um, but I don't know how to talk to her about it. I don't want to bring it up to her uh, because I don't want her to feel like that's all I see when I look at her. Um, I think uh, that's, for me, like, it's difficult because I get why this girl, why why Nicole, made the video. Um, I think she's a bully, and she did it totally wrong, but I I get why she felt like she wanted to say something. I think she just, she was really going for laughs um, rather than empathy.
2: I I don't have a uh, a long uh, speech, not Kara, that you're just gave a long speech, Go on, but yeah. uh, just a, th- a thought that I had when I was watching... Four
1: uh, score and seven years
2: ago. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, and that, Calvin, is not a long speech. It is not. The guy before him gave uh, a really um, long speech. It's an exceptionally short speech. But uh, speaking of racism, um, but as I'm watching uh, Nicole Arbor's video, I had two thought. It was a moment, I guess, of cognitive dissonance. Uh, because I'm watching this and I'm thinking, uh, this woman is uh, – I can see why she makes a living doing this. She is funny. She's a good writer. Uh, she's a good video editor. And I – but it's kind of like saying uh, – it's its kind of like watching uh, a – very near the end, Anakin Skywalker, and, ap- and applauding his Force powers, uh, because she's very talented and she's very funny, and I can I can tell that she's a terrible person. Like, like I couldn't <laughs> spend more than ni- I mean, the video was rough. I guess like five and a half minutes long, and that's more time than I would want to spend in a room with with Nicole Arbor. and. And she is quite conventionally attractive. So when I can't, when when you say I can't spend more than ninety seconds in a room with her, that says a lot about a person's personality.
1: Mm-hmm. And and see, that's 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 the weird thing you said. She's conventionally attractive. And when I look at the two women who are in, you know, okay, the so, video. Um, what's her name? Um, May. Well, uh, what's her? The the girl who gave the rebuttal. Um, I've forgotten her name at this point.
2: I never got it. But she's
1: from uh, she's from TLC. She's got her own uh, uh, television show, My Big Fat Fabulous Life. Life. Yeah, My Big Fat Fabulous Life. Uh, (laughs) But of the two women, I am more attracted to the uh, Whitney Whitney Whitney. Way Thor. Okay. Um, Whitney. Okay. Thank you, Google. Um, Mm. So Whitney Mm -hmm. Way Thor. um, Of the two women, physically speaking, uh, I am more drawn to um, the comedian, and a lot of that has to do with. You know, media representation of women's bodies and things like that, and and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, I, I don't know if I had much to say there. Uh, just kind of, it is interesting that I'm I'm preconditioned, even though uh, that is not. You know, Jen, Jen, that's not your body type. You're mm-hmm. you're not the first. You're you're more, uh, you're a lot lighter uh, looking than Whitney Waythorpe Than Whitney. Yeah, but
3: I'm kind of in the middle of the two. But <laughs> yeah,
1: but you're closer to her body. Size and shape than mm-hmm. uh, to, uh,
3: to. I'm this closer to Whitney's comedian. body type than right. I am um, Nicole's.
1: And so this, that's why this conversation is kind of very important to you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but we've kind of weighed in a lot. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So thoughts? okay,
3: my thought is one. I personally, looking at, not to go back to like Sunday school les- lessons or whatever, but, um, my thought is. Out of the two, like when you're taught as a child, you're always taught that true beauty is on the inside, right? Um, and I think that's an important lesson to teach kids. It really is. But only one of these women I saw as that, and I think Whitney showed a lot of a lot of that. You know, she wasn't a nasty human. She also didn't make excuses for certain things either. She said, "Yeah, you know what? I am this, this, and this," or this can be true, but this is also true. Mm-hmm. You know, or this doesn't give you a right to be a bully, which is really what we're talking right. about. Um, pe- people can be bullied for a m- number of things, um, but quite commonly, if you look at even in schools where a lot of kids get traumatized from bullying, um, weight can have a huge, huge uh, standing of the reason in, in those reasons. It's typically either, you know, either they don't have the right clothes or something they're a nerd, so they don't dress stylish. They um or they're they're not the right body type, right? Those are like the big three, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean and that's kind of over generalizing certain things. There's obviously subgroups to some of those, right? But typically, you know, the athlete, the cheerleader, they, they're they not the ones that get bullied typically. If anything, a lot of times they're often not, I, I don't want to paint a picture that they're all bullies, but they're usually not the receiver of it.
1: Right, they're in the in crowd and the other people right. in the
3: out crowd. And so when you look at things like fat shaming, um, there's very much an awareness for um, some of those other things, you know. People are very proactive of trying to get away from. Okay, your labels don't make you. That's the whole hipster movement to an extent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, there. There's no doubt or denial of people getting teased because they're the brains, right? Because then l- later you realize that those people are your boss. <laughs> later, right? But there's no denial of that. Um, and, but there's not a lot of proactive talk. Um, in a lot of areas or circles of it being your body image. where And, and my heart goes a lot to the, young, the younger generation because I feel like um, first of all in America it's increasingly growing in size. It's not uncommon for people to be overweight or for people to know somebody who is. Um, so it's, it is a, a rising problem and that's a different discussion as to why, you know, for maybe another time. However, it's very much a prominent thing that people are dealing with, and, you know, it's like any issue. When you deny it's there, it doesn't help anybody. Right. So I think to deny that fat shaming is, is a thing is really tragic.
1: I think what makes me less apt to, you know, honestly, what, what makes me less apt to care is... When everybody jumps on the bandwagon and says that every form of speaking about someone's weight or size or shape uh, as a form of or being fat shaming. Uh, and I mean, it's kind of uh, the, the way I look at it is almost like gluten, right? You know, all of a sudden everybody, everybody was gluten free. Everybody <laughs> had celiac disease, right? Like, why, why how did everybody have celiac disease? And so, um, but
2: it's only white people because apparently it does not. Affect black people, um, but, and I'll I'll be so, the first to say that I am a I am a gluten free shamer. I am a gluten.
1: <laughs> somebody
2: that's just okay. ridiculous. But anyway, but, moving you're on. Just a picky, okay. But
1: um, like everybody, all of a sudden had this this gluten intolerance, and and I've seen some people. Uh, Jen and I know someone who lost a lot of weight by cutting gluten out of their their. But their you're diet, also cutting
3: a predominant diet. amount of their carbs right oh,
1: um, but the fact of the matter is almost every person that i talk to um that is overweight um has some reason other than the fact that they just don't like to work out or eat healthy it's always oh you know this happened in my life and i got depressed okay um or you know what i have this disease and it caused me uh to gain weight okay but that's everyone no one ever says you know what I, I just don't like going outdoors. I don't like exercising. And I think if people were more honest, uh, to begin the conversation rather than starting off with excuses, I would be more apt, um, to listen. And I think that's where this comedian is kind of coming from. Like, look, no, you're not depressed. You're not, you know, you're not this, that, and the other. You're fat and you're lazy. And if you, I mean, you can look at shows like The Biggest Loser. No, not everybody has time to exercise all day long and has a personal trainer and all those things. But the fact of the matter is, the people that are on Biggest Loser start off at like 300, 400 pounds, and then by the end, they're down to like, you know, something manageable, 200 mm-hmm. pounds, which is still heavier than me, but, you know, uh, it shows, it goes to show that it can be done. And so I guess uh, my issue is nobody, if, if the conversation doesn't start honestly, I'm not willing to have it. Additionally, uh, and this is this is an appearance thing. Uh, you know, we we do say, you know, what what's on the inside matters because mm-hmm. you know, God looks at the heart and things like that. And we teach everybody that. Um, however, I am I'm black. And so Wait, i wait, wait, I know, right?
0: <laughs> what? This is used no, to me. I am oh. just adding you
3: just
1: pounding this out of sad. Um, so <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> Jen doesn't see color. Uh, <laughs> right,
3: we're going to have to have a conversation yeah, yeah. after this episode. Uh,
1: so, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, here the, the thing about it is, as an African American, I have always known that I have to work twice as hard to get half the recognition in the culture. Mm-hmm. But that's a sweeping generalization, but it's, it's, a, it's pretty true. And,
2: and that so, is what I've heard on Scandal.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know. Maybe I should watch Scandal. Seems like, uh-huh. at Seems the, like at the you form, at, the, at the forefront of uh, racial conversations. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I have learned to carry myself a certain way. I don't speak um, what my mom likes to call ghetto knees. Um, I dress... Uh, nicely when I, whenever I leave the house, even if it's to go across the street uh, to the other building to grab my mail. You don't uh, go in PJs. I, I don't go in PJs. I don't go in sweats. Uh, if I am in sweats, I'm generally out jogging, right? You know, so it's exercise clothes. The clothing matches what I am doing in that moment. Uh, and so, generally when I leave my house, uh, I dress nicely. I'm going to go do a pod, another podcast. I've been invited to be on a podcast after this tonight, so I'm gonna go record that uh, later this evening. And when I go, even though it's audio, there's no video, I'm going to dress nicely. And I've learned to do that because there are particular perceptions people have of black people. So if I wore my hat to the side, or I wore wore saggy jeans or clothes that are too big for my body, that would not negate the fact that I have two undergrad degrees, a master's degree, and I'm working on my second. It would not. However the perception people have of me immediately is that I have none of those things and people are unwilling to talk to me. So if I dressed slovenly or spoke um, ineloquently, I don't know if that's a word, so that I just did speak Maybe to, you
0: did. I just spoke ineloquently.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, if, I, if I spoke uh, with a poor tongue, I'll put it that way, uh, people would be less apt to, to speak with me. And so I wonder if when it comes to fat people, if... And I, I've heard that sometimes clothing just isn't made for fat people, which is sad. Um, but if they carried themselves a little bit better, like I, Jen is not a slender woman, and I was attracted to you because you carry yourself uh, a lot better than other fat people do. And so, and then of course your personality, you know, I, I learned your personality and things like that, and fell in love with all that. But physically speaking, there's still the physical thing that you see to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. And even though you didn't look like the cover model uh, on any number of women's magazines. Uh, you carried yourself better than I think a lot of other fat women do. And so for me, I I wonder if that is a reality um, that uh, that people should take
3: into consideration. I think there is something to that. I also think that that's something that, honestly, my mother always taught me. You know? Yeah, you can't wear that. That doesn't look good on you. You're too big to wear this. You're too, you know. And I remember, you know, like that's not easy to sometimes even hear. Because you're like, that's in style. I want to wear it. Um, But she was right. You know, Learning to dress for your body, whether it's big, small, or in between, um, I think is important and that's part of loving yourself and self-respect. I think that that's really key. And learning to love yourself and have confidence. But I think that that is part of what this no fat shaming movement is. They're sick of girls thinking they're fat when they're not. Think of of girls having eating disorders or undervaluing themselves and allowing people to not value them as they should be. They're sick of clothing lines not making clothes for them so that they can carry themselves in a better fashion um, and be in fashion and in style. Why did you know we don't need a a tarp hung over us? You know, Um, a big common thing in the clothing industry for if you're overweight, if you're not skinny, um, everything is supposed to be like very baggy, you know, which in my opinion also doesn't make you carry yourself well. Mm -hmm. You know, if I put a bag over myself, I'm ashamed of myself, right? Right. So um, part of that movement is very positive things, you know. Um, It's things that say look you don't have to try to be this model in the magazine there i know so many girls who are not what i would call fat and they still call, think they're fat i don't hear it can you speak to this too do you know one woman who doesn't think she's fat uh no <laughs> okay so part of the fat shaming like the anti fat shaming movement i should say is in the body love movement which are kind of coincided isn't just about it's it's not really about the don't do anything for your health. That's not what they're talking about. They're saying love yourself. If you love yourself, you'll also what take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So they're very co And they're, they're very co-joined, I guess you could call it. And the movement is against Hasmo and you know, the fashion industry that says you have to be a completely unhealthy size. To be what we consider acceptable but in society.
1: Earlier, earlier Kent said that there are arguably some really horrible people out there, right? Yes. And arguably. So, yeah, are we well we there know, are. We arguably. know okay. there are. And, and so my my question that comes out of that then is like this this the body positive movement. We had a we had a podcast about this uh, a while ago. Yes. I think this was before you were on, Kent. Uh Kara, I don't know. Kara if you was know. it yeah. on. Her. It was oh, just okay.
0: before I came on. Yeah,
1: it was just before yeah. I came on. And so um, I was just a fan then. <laughs> uh, someone, someone remarked on We're that particular uh, episode. Uh, they weren't on the episode. They, they uh, emailed me later, and uh, she had said, and this is a woman who had uh, lost over a hundred pounds uh, naturally, no, no surgery or anything like mm-hmm. that. And uh, she said, you know, my problem with the body positive movement is that it, uh, it creates an excuse for people to uh, stay in an unhealthy lifestyle, and while. Um, while the body positive movement is not saying to any wo- any women whatsoever I mean I've I've been researching it none of the body positive movement is saying hey you know what it's okay to be fat and unhealthy right but they're saying it's okay to be fat and i think whatever happening be okay happening, with yourself right and so i think people take that and run with that you do have the couch sitters who say you know what um, my body is beautiful the way that it is and they won't do anything because of this message uh, and so you have people who are objectively terrible like that when they should be doing things to make them their lives healthy, whether they would lose weight or not, at least be healthy.
3: But, okay, okay. Let me just stop right and I, there. I want everybody
1: else to get in on this. I'm okay, sorry. I, I but I need things. to.
3: I need to. I need to pose this question to you. If we're gonna go there, then I also think that this question is necessary. I think that, and since our, you know, we're talking to a crowd that's maybe not all, but predominantly Christian, we gotta be relevant, right? Um to do that I think is the same as people who try to twist the gospel and say oh well you know what if you love everybody then you're accepting everything and I I, we have to not muddy the waters there because just because you love yourself in your body doesn't mean that you're not trying to constantly work towards a better self so in Christianity let's just pose that as an example in Christianity, we are told that essentially uh, we're all we're, we're all the same at the foot of the cross, right? We're all sinners. We're all none of us are above needing grace. Okay, so if that's the case, then we all what? We all, no matter where we're starting, need to constantly strive to be a better self, to be mm-hmm. what more Christ-like. That's what we're called to do. Right. We're also called to what? If God is love, we're called to love everybody. That doesn't mean that we love them like like we don't love them because of how they perform we love them despite how they are right because that's what christ did for us he died for us while we were still sinners and because he loved us we run to him right so because he loved us we now because he first loved us we can love him because he first loved us we can strive to stop doing those things that we know lead to death because Sin leads to death, right? So it we're on a constant journey of bettering ourselves, but if he loved us, who are we to not love us? I had a really big epiphany moment one time. I was studying the Word, and in all honesty, I hated myself because I was not the epitome of what Cosmo and the world tells you you need to be and I had tried and tried and tried to get there and honestly yes I would try and I would stop and I would try and stop because you get defeated and that's not okay um, I think Whitney made a really good uh, probably my favorite point she made um,
0: is that you know fat shaming or bullying somebody about their problem doesn't work uh, It actually has the opposite effect so uh, somebody is you know telling someone over and over that you are fat you should be ashamed of yourself is actually just gonna make somebody feel worse and probably uh, not lead them towards change whereas like a better approach like a truth in love kind of approach is like you actually really care about me and aren't just saying this because you're trying to like get a lot of views on <laughs> YouTube or wherever. Um, so I thought that was just a really great point. I do think that um, it's important for Christians to talk about health. Um, I, I, I uh, I don't know if you guys know uh, Patrick Mead. Um, he talks a lot about um, he, he's a pre- he's a preacher in the Church of Christ, but he's a pretty you know he's a pretty big name. And a lot of people know him, but he talks a lot about how a gluttony kind of being one of the overlooked sins that people kind of don't really talk about or don't really, they don't really count That's it. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, don't really. Oh, it's fine. You know, like let's talk about how much we want to give to the poor, and then let's go you know eat our weight and fried chicken at potluck or something it's like um and you know there's, there's something to think about like you know if if you are you know always overeating and then you step outside your house and you see homeless people that are starving on the street like there has to be like a connect like a disconnect there of some kind like um maybe maybe something isn't quite right here I have more than I need to the point where I'm like um, just like indulging myself and there are people in my neighbors who who are in need and maybe I can balance that out a little bit better. Um I think, you know, I think you made a great a great point, Jen, in that, you know, it's like the the love of God overcomes all of our physical ailments. So whether that's um, any kind of eating disorder whether you know anorexia or um like a food addiction cause both both of which are problems um they're both uh, equal eating disorders they yeah. are absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. and uh i think that it's it's so important to understand that christ does overcome all of those but christ also brings us he brings us into fullness. And so we, we die to ourselves. And so we, in in theory, um, well, in, in this, this is true, but we don't always believe it, uh, that, you know, he, he helps us to overcome the challenges that we have in our lives. We die to ourselves physically. So the things that I want, um, like the things that I want to sit on my couch and eat Doritos <laughs> are not... <laughs> I make that choice, but sometimes I'm compelled by the love of God to do something else, to play with my son, um, to go out and, you know, take care of my yard, to um, to just to take care of the temple that he gave me, to um, not be idle, uh, to not glamorize a, a lifestyle of unhealthiness because I want to be a good example to my son. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not equating... Um, Fitness with spirituality, <laughs> but I, I am no, saying that I is, think leading by but, example is is very valid. Yeah, in, I think I, just think I think there's a place for it in the church, and I think I think it's a it's a problem to feel like we can't ever talk about about um, obesity. Uh, because we're you know we're so afraid of offending somebody um, but I think I think there's a way to talk about it in a really loving way that's genuine caring and be like you know what like I want to be healthy I feel a lot better when I'm taking care of myself and I know that you'll feel a lot better too and we'll all be a lot more useful on this world if we can you know use our bodies uh, to the th- their fullest extent
1: right. You just how, how are you invited into that uh, that conversation? Right, uh, Jen and I, you know, we're in a relationship with with each other, so we can have that conversation. Speaking of which, she had me. Well, I love documentaries, so she had me watch a documentary called "Hungry for Change" because we had been arguing about this whole fat shaming thing and isn't real and and all that kind of stuff. And you know, again, uh, I I run, I bike, but I eat anything I want. Like I would eat. Uh, I used to have a John. website called uh, Twinkies and Cherry Coke because that's my <laughs> favorite. My favorite. Uh, <laughs> My favorite um, snack food, right? And um, and so I can eat all this stuff, and she's like, no, 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 you think that just exercising is just it. That's all that 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 all, all that you need. And I was like, well, you know, I can eat whatever I want because I'm running eight miles a day, and I'm biking, blah, blah, blah. And then she had me watch this documentary, and I was like, oh, my gosh, all this stuff that I'm ingesting it's uh, toxic. Is, is, yeah, toxic It's killing me slowly. And I'd rather...
4: With, you it's
2: it's kill, with its song. It's killing you. It's killing you. It's killing right, you. Thank you. All right, yeah.
0: Thank
2: you yeah. for that Lauren Hill.